together to believe God's word. Millions and millions of people across Kansas and Alaska will be nothing but minutes Christianity. Minutes of Christianity. And God has helped us by his grace to be able to believe. Not just from here, but around the world. Amen. God bless you, sir. Would you open wisdom? Read your own testimony. Just say what helped you along the way. And uh, we'll go to Andrew for you. We'll find out the details along the way. Maybe sisters will uh, prepare food for you later. so much happier that he calls me his. And so proud to be identified with God in Christ. Many of you know this. I will long for that day when we all be together. Just turn to your desk for a second. Exodus chapter 29, verse 4. When you pull good, Also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. So the tabernacle set up in such a way that when you would come in, it would be the altar, then the laver. The altar is for sinners. The laver is for priests. Let's bow heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today, Father. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I pray that you just come once again and take your word and speak to us and know our needs today, Father. You're the only one that could custom fit a sermon that would be able to minister to all the needs of the people that are here. Father, we're just looking for you to do that because we know that's your specialty. You're the kind of father that has children all over the world, and you have the ability to make each one of those children feel like an only child. You can be able to speak to their hearts with a word and be able to just pull them up next to you and just minister to them in such a special way because we all really need to feel special. 
you need to feel that you're loved. I pray today that you would do that. So I've come to present myself just simply as a vessel by which you would be able to speak through. I know if I can get myself out of the way, which is what the gift is for, then you'll be able to use that part of yourself which you placed in me. And you'll be able to take the service and these people and all of us together can be able to say, did not our hearts burn within us? But Lord, what good would that do if you use me and you're not able to use them? So I pray that you'll anoint me to speak through them, that may you anoint them to hear through them, that they can be able to perceive and be able to understand the things that you have on your heart for us today. Speak to us today, Father. We'll never forget and give you the praise for it. In Jesus Christ's name. And the saints said, God bless you, you may be seated. From those places in the scripture there this morning, I'd like to speak to you on washing the bride. We look at the service last night of us being truly born again and the nature of the world having eradicated, absolutely destroyed out of our hearts. And yet we look at ourselves sitting here today, and as Brother Ron, I heard him express it a while ago, that after the meetings are gone, then you go back to your jobs tomorrow. Some of you go back to your place you live. Some of you back to school, back to college, back to work, different things that you're going to face. You know, we understand that this mortality that's left, that we're left imprisoned in, it will bother us until we are changed by the power of God. But we're so grateful that God has not only given us a new birth in the soul, but that He has given us overcoming power to be able to live this life that we're in. Aren't you grateful for that? We would be a very discouraged people if we only heard the Word of God and felt the presence of God in great meetings when we're able to be together. And then whenever we left this type of setting, that we would go back out into the world and would feel so low and so despondent. Our humanity would be so great. But the Lord always knows how to accommodate us to set together in heavenly places. Because really, you're a paradox. Because a part of you is born of the Spirit of God, and you are deity. And Jesus became the head of the new race. And the head of the new race was divinity expressed in humanity. And this is what makes us such a very complex type of a being. Because we set together in heavenly places, we can walk outside that door and 10 minutes from now, we can get a phone call or a text or something like that with news that is so devastating. We've soared in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And yet in a matter of moments, we can be dealing with things that is so, so bewildering to our human spirit. And we think, how can we live between such two worlds? But aren't you glad God understands that we are still yet mortal? Now, in, in Exodus, again, chapter 40, verse 12, uh, God tells Moses, Thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. Now, we know everything in the tabernacle was a type of the Lord Jesus and of the future kingdom of God that was to come. The furniture, the sacrifices, everything that God did was pointing to a better day. And we know that God initially would have the prophet to be able to wash the priesthood. And this happened one time, but they was never washed this way ever again. One time they was washed, and it was signifying, of course, the coming of the new birth that would be able to introduce us into the kingdom of God. But there was something else, a piece of furniture that was set there, and it was called the brazen laver. Now, the laver had feet, 
and the laver also had a spigot on the outside of that. And the priest would come into the presence of God, but before they was allowed to walk up into his holy court. Now, they'd been washed initially one time. Remember that. But before they could actually come in to offer praise and sacrifice and blood, the Urim thumb and being wore across their breast, they must come up and they would wash their hands and their feet at this place. Now, remember how this was made. This was made from the looking glasses of the women. Now, the women coming out of the land of Egypt, and they brought all this brass and gold and silver and all these things, but this specific piece of furniture was used from the looking glasses of the women. They did not have glass the way you do today. So they would have burnished metal. It was a type of metal, either brass or polished brass, and they would take and they would burnish it. They would rub it over and over again. And they would be able to comb their hair and all that sort of thing. This was donated for this particular piece of furniture in the tabernacle. It was all these women brought all their looking glasses, and they put it all together. Then they take a craftsman, an artisan, and he goes to shaping this and remolding it, putting it back into a furnace and reheating it again. But it was the women of the message of that hour that donated the thing which would maybe be, could, could be considered vanity in one sense of the word. They was the ones who donated this, all this material, by which the priesthood would be washed. But they, in turn, also would receive the benefit. Because if the priests are not accepted, then the people's sacrifice is not accepted as well. So the women, then, they, they are part of the cycle of the worship of God. Oh, I wish we'd be able to realize that that today. That it's not just the preacher. It's not just the organ player. It's not just the piano player. But you sitting in the pew, you have a great deal to do with how every service turns out. The outcome of every service is not determined only by the man of God. It's not only determined by those who try to lead you in singing, but it's determined by each of us as we put in our service. And whenever we sit here today, your ability, how this service will go, how much I'll be able to deliver of what I've studied, it won't be determined just by my memory. I've still got a pretty good memory left. And a lot of what I'm going to preach is committed to memory because I feel my spirit with it, and then the anointing falls on it. And that's why it comes out like a Gatling gun sometimes. Because I've studied and studied and studied, and by memory, it's there. But my memory alone is not the only channel that God will use. It will be the channel that is created between you and I, and the Spirit of God in you will pull. And as it opens that channel, the Holy Ghost flows through that. Oh, my, it's a wonderful time when it happens. But I think that we need to realize it in a greater way. Now, here this is so incorporated into the worship of God that these women designate and they give as an offering their looking glasses, and it's refashioned, reshaped, and reformed into this labor. Now, it's set up high so that the priest would be able to come in so it sets on his feet. And if you'll notice, God gives it by the writing of Moses. He determines its gender. Now, there was parts of the tabernacle that were designated as her, but this is designated as his. So it was through what is going to be in the New Testament called Lutron. It was the place by which they were going to be washed. They didn't need now to have an entire bath. But what they're going to do is wash their hands and wash their feet. Now, it's so important that God says if they don't do it, they will die. And let me tell you something, friend. As Christians, we need a place that we can be washed every day of our life. 
Now, I realize sometimes you might get down and low and you think, you know what? I'm going to go back up to the altar and I'm just going to get saved again. I've messed up so much. I fell so far from, from God's presence. I'm going to get saved again. But in reality, you know you don't need to get saved again. But what you do need to do is to get your hands washed and your feet washed and your attitude washed and your mind washed and sometimes just things around us every day of our life. How can a people now, a people as we preached about last night, that the whole desire of sin has been eradicated from your soul, but it is your spirit and your flesh which is not yet truly born again. And it is the two outside elements that we deal with every day of our life. How many still battles your flesh? Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're sure honored to have the rest of you here that's angels. My goodness. Oh, I, I wondered who got all the angels in the message. You wound up with them. Every one of us know that our flesh and our spirit is still easily contaminated by the things that are out here. So the, the fundamental of basic Christian truth was reflected in the approach of the tabernacle. So here the priest, as he comes in, he's going to continue the service of Elohim. Now when he comes, he comes up and he washes his hands and he washes his feet thereafter. So the priest was consecrated initially, but this must be done absolutely every time that he comes to the house of God. He cannot rely on lifetime. He cannot rely on his initial baptism by the prophet. This must happen over and over again. Oh, praise the Lord. Why? Because it is the daily administration, the daily walk that he's going to be associated with. Now notice in Exodus 30, 19, for Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet Thereat. Now we know that, of course, feet is always symbolic of our do of our journey, rather, and our hands are symbolic of our doing. So it is that we must be washed continuously, day by day by day. It's a wonderful thing to have a soul which is so sealed in the presence of God that the devil can't even get it no more. But what makes it so difficult is that we're dealing with two outside realms. And anybody here ever feel depression, sickness, sadness, sorrow? Anger, anger, aggravation. You ever get aggravated at people? Boy, you angels, y'all picked the wrong day to come to church. Man, man, y'all should have been your last night. Amen. Now, why, why do we need this? Because two-thirds of you is not yet redeemed. One-third of you is redeemed and sealed eternally into the kingdom of God, but two-thirds of you, which means you're overpowered, two against one, two-thirds of you has not yet been redeemed. It is on its way, but it's not yet redeemed, so it is carnal, and that two-thirds of you still has the fang marks of the serpent. So you're still snake bit in your body and snake bit in your spirit, but in your soul the death marks have been eradicated. Oh, glory to God. And the only thing you've got is the mark of eternal life. But the body can still get upset and sick and weary. The spirit can get down and frustrated and whatever more. But aren't you glad our Lord Jesus knew it would be that way? So what did he do? He made a labor by which we would be able to go and wash our hands, our doings, and wash our feet, our goings, and wash our minds and our attitude. And the good part about it is he don't get mad at us when we need to be washed. He knows we need to be washed, and he made a provision for us. 
I tell you, friends, just even in this day that we live in, you can't even go to Lowe's anymore without being bombarded by half-naked women or rock and roll music. You think, what in the world has rock and roll music got to do with Home Depot? What in the world has rock and roll got to do with Lowe's? Or wherever you go, you are bombarded. You can't even stand at Walmart without the magazines being ripped up and down there, one thing and there after another. We are assaulted every day of our life. You can't go to the mall without being assaulted. You can't go anywhere in this world without being assaulted by Satan and his people. And sometimes, do you ever feel like I do, that you just want to get away from it all and just get washed again? Just get a good washing in your mind and in your spirit and get cleansed. Do I need to get saved? I don't need to get saved. I just need to go to the Lutron. I need to go to the labor and wash my hands and wash my feet and wash my mind. I had some really good parents, my mother and father. But I, when I was a little boy, I had a smart mouth. You did too, huh? Never knowing that I, I didn't cuss or nothing like that, but I, I tended to be mouthy. I'd mouth back to mama. I knew better than mouth back to daddy because daddy had a big hand. And I've had my mouth mashed many a time when I was a kid. Praise the Lord, I have. But you know what? I had my mouth a time or two washed out with soap. Now, as I said, I didn't cuss, so I didn't do any of that sort of thing, but I just get smart mouth to mama. And I'll tell you one thing, brother. After having your mouth washed out with soap, it kind of puts a different taste on life. You kind of look at things different because ivory's pretty good in your hair. It does really good on your hands. It does an excellent job on your feet, but you can imagine it between your teeth and on your tongue. Well, you know, I believe that there's a principle there because it helped me to understand in order to avoid that washing of soap in the mouth. Now, it's not a very complicated process. All you do is they pry your mouth open, and they soap up the bar of soap, and then they put the end of the bar in your mouth and soap you up, and then you gag, and you spit, and you gag, and you try to, you know, get your composure and spit it out. And then you rinse it out over and over again. And you come to the house of God sometimes, and you think, why did Brother Ron have to preach so hard? Why did Brother Andrew have to? Well, no doubt there was somebody here that needed a good cleaning. Somebody might have been saying some things they shouldn't have said. And the old bar of soap got thrown in their mouth. Other people were speaking things they shouldn't have thought. So the bar of soap scrubbed their own mind real good. Others was on a website they shouldn't be on. So their hands got had to get washed up real good. Come on now, let's have church. But let me tell you something, friend, because we need washing. When my mama got done with me, I was just as much her son as I was before she ever got it. Amen. It's the same way with you and I. When we get out here in the world and we rub shoulders with the world and we need our mouths washed out sometimes. We need our mind washed out sometimes. It don't mean you're not a son of God. It don't mean you're not a daughter of God. But it means you're a clean one now. So the labor has spouts. The water comes out, 
come up, you take your hands, take your shoes off and your feet, and you wash them. Now, you're not allowed to wash one another's in this sense. You had to be washed yourself. Glory. When your hands were clean and your feet were clean, Notice in Exodus 30, 20, and they go into the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall wash with water that they die not. This is how serious this is. Do you understand? This is why the denominations are facing death. Their preachers this morning have standing in the pulpit, but they're not preaching a word which will wash or loose the people from their sins. So they go to church, they worship, they sing this and that and the other, and they go right back out in the world and do the same thing they've done yesterday and the day before because the ministry is not bringing to them a word which will wash them clean. So they got hate in their heart, they got adultery in their heart, they got all kinds of things going on in their lives, and they're not being washed. God said if you're not washed this way, not just initially, but if you're not washed by this, you will die. Oh, my, that they die not or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn the burnt offering made by fire unto the Lord. So shall they wash their hands. Notice what? Only their hands and their feet. So they wash their hands and their feet that they die not. It shall be a statue unto them forever. What is it? A daily cleansing. Y'all pray every day. Many times, I hope. Who's the last one you talk to before you close your eyes? I'm not talking about your wife. Now, you ought to tell her good night. You ought to let her know that you love her and all that. The last one I always talk to is the first one I always talk to. I love my wife. Oh, my, I love her. But she can't forgive my sins. She can't forgive my shortcomings. Come on now, don't get quiet on me. She can't forgive my wrong unless, of course, I've wronged her. So the one I want to speak to to make sure if there's anything that I'm not even aware of is the one who can cleanse me. Because you know what? Many people lay down at night and they never wake up the next day. So I want to make sure that there is nothing between me and my Lord. When I get up in the morning, Brother Mike, he's one of the first ones that I greet, the one of the first ones I speak to. Why? Because he is my everything. As I face today, only he knows the difficulty that I'll go through. Only he knows the things that I will face. So what do I need? I need the strength or the prelude of the washing of that water that will help me to deal with the things of the world so I can become less contaminated. The preachers that are full-time in the ministry and don't go out and work, we are protected in one sense, more so than you are. You have to work in public work and deal with public people all the time. A preacher don't have to do that, but I'll tell you one thing, preachers get contaminated enough just dealing with their people. Oh my goodness, how you can get contaminated by hear what's going on in families in the message. You can hear what's going on in their lives. I've walked off the pulpit at home, my, just in the presence of God, and go back into my office and go to hearing things. You think, Lord, have mercy. You feel like you want to go see all to yourself and you've never even done it. But it's so bad and so wrong and some of it's so filthy and so dirty. What do we need, Brother Ron? We need a washing. 
What does the bride need? Many false friends. What do they need a washing? They need a washing from false doctrines. They need a washing from error. So we can get ready to leave this world. I'll tell you, friends, being a pastor, you know, you hear so much stuff. That if you think men of God love preaching hard to you, you need to rethink it. There ain't a brother in this building, there ain't a preacher I know around the world, and I know lots of them. There ain't a one of them I know that really enjoys preaching hard, that would rather, just much rather, stand up and preach something that make you sing high of him and make you all make you so happy. What did they come to church with? Scrub brushes, Bon Ami, Ajax, Clorox, lime remover, scale remover. Why? Because you need it. Not only do you need it, we need it. <laughs> and you mean God don't hate us? He saved me knowing. He saved me knowing I'd make millions in this life. I'm 61 years old, and I've been serving him since I was 16. Well, I've been preaching since I was 18. Give my heart to him whenever I was 12. Me and Carol got married with 16, turned 17 the next day. So all of my life, I've been living for him. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to estimate how many times I've had to ask him, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I apologize. Lord, I messed up. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I shouldn't have thought that, Lord. Lord, I, I, I shouldn't have had that attitude. Now, I know I'm the only one in the building, so I don't know why I didn't just preach this toward me this morning instead of all you angels. Man, alive, this just don't make no sense. Does it? I'm the only one here that's guilty. I'm the only one here that needs this sermon. The Lord had to let all y'all hear me preach to me. That don't make no sense. And yet he knew that we would all have to say that. Oh, my goodness. I will be giving my heart to the Lord when I was just a boy. I've repented much more for many more things after I got saved than ever did, boy, God saved. Because as just a kid. And yet, does it change his love? Does it take away from the depth and the quality of his love? Absolutely not. He loves it when I come to the labor. He loves it when we come to the labor. He loves it when we're down and worn out and our spirit just feels so contaminated by the people of the world or sometimes people of the church that you have to deal with and you just feel like you need a refreshment. Well, you don't know. You need to go to the altar and get saved again, go down to the river and get rebaptized and get the Holy Ghost, all you need to do is bow down and say, Lord, wash my hands. Lord, wash my feet. Lord, wash my mind. Wash my attitude. You heard of the man whose wife kept telling him, honey, you got to get up and go to church next Sunday morning. It's getting close to church time. I don't want to go. He said, but you've got to go. You need to be in the house of God. He said, those people don't like me. He said, I'm not sure I like them. She said, but we need to go. We need to go. He said, I, I don't want to go. She said, honey, you're the pastor.
Keep in mind one thing. You have one advantage over us pastors. You can vote us out. And we can't vote you out. Thank God that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. You say, Brother Donnie, you mean preachers fight that sort of thing? Well, I'm not raising anybody's hand but mine. Why? Because two-thirds of me is not redeemed. I wish God would have never made me a preacher. I wish I could have been a plumber. And I hate plumbing. I've asked him all of my life, why do you want to be a preacher? I don't like preaching. I don't like my style of preaching. I don't like the way I preach. I think if I could be a little bit like Brother Tim, and you go through every preacher, you know, that you like and say, if I could have a little of that and a little of that, and then I'd make this conglomeration of what I think a good preacher would be. Lord, why did you make me this way? I scream, I holler, I shout, I talk fast. Why? 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 I hate the way I preach. You didn't even ask me if I wanted to. You said you call me. You never even asked me if it's okay. And then when you call me, there's five positions you could have put me into, and you never even asked me which one of them I wanted. Friends, I'm being honest with you today. Preachers have to be washed. Preachers have to be cleansed. What was it that got Brother Branham when Brother Branham was going to come off the field and quit preaching? Wasn't women. Wasn't money. Wasn't popularity. It was burnout from the people. Building such a complex of getting down because you imagine every time he got around somebody, they always wanted something. How many of them just got around and said, I love you, buddy. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. You don't know what it's like to give and give and give and give. And most of your phone calls and most of your things is always people wanting something. And when they get done with you, they trash you. And the devil said, yeah, if you wasn't a preacher, you wouldn't have a friend in the world. They only want you for your money or they want you for your gift or they want you for this or want you for that. But I'm glad there's a labor for us preachers, too. That we can go over and wash our hands and say, shut up, devil. We can wash our feet and say, shut up, devil. I'm called to God and I'm going to preach this word. And I ain't going to just preach it. I'm going to preach it with a good attitude. As you know as well as I know, preachers can get attitudes. And they're not always rosy. Well, I'm giving away trade secrets, aren't I, this morning? Good friend, who was this that needed what? The priests. That's one reason I love and admire Brother Random and respect him so much that he would preach that message standing in the gap, talking about his complexes and his fears, knowing that thousands or millions of people was going to hear that tape, and he was willing to stand there and admit it. I can follow that kind of a man. I said, I can follow that kind of a man. Hey, man, I can get behind a man like that can admit he's wrong and admit he made mistakes. If people want to deify Brother Branham, you ain't getting me to follow that trash. 
Come on now. He was a human being. He, he was born lost. He had to get saved. He had to have the Holy Ghost. He had to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he had to repent and wash his hands and his feet too. Notice when Jesus and the disciples are sitting at the foot washing. St. John 13, 6. He cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, shall I wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter says to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head also. Notice Jesus' response now. Jesus says unto him, He that is washed needeth not but to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Now the verse literally reads this way. He that has been washed once and for all, washed all over, does not need to do anything else other than wash his feet. Now remember, in this time, these people did not have bathrooms in their houses the way we do today. They would have not had bathrooms and restrooms in the synagogues and in the public places, but they had a public bathhouse. So you would go to the public bathhouse, and there you would take your bath. But they didn't have paved roads, they didn't have concrete, asphalt, and so on. So you would walk from the public bathhouse back to the market or back to your house where you lived. Now, by the time you got back to where you lived, guess what? Your feet and the lower part of your extremities had already got dusty and dirty again. Amen. So when you got back to your house from the bathhouse, you still had to wash your feet. Why? Because of your journey. Oh, my. Because of your journey from getting lost. Oh, blessed be the Lord. It's nothing wrong with our new birth. There's nothing short of our baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's in our journey. It's in our journey dealing with the world, dealing with Satan, dealing with people, dealing with snake-bit people. And I think it dirty and dusty. Jesus says, Peter, once you get your bath, you don't need another one. But you are going to need your feet washed. And Peter used to stick it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I like Peter. He, he was one of the reflections of a real good godly man that made a lot of mistakes. But he was able to be washed and never gave up. Now, don't you appreciate me like that? So in the eastern lands, they would use the public bathhouse and then transiting from the bathhouse, or let me say it this way, they would go from the church and on their journey from church to home. On their journey from church to home. They'd get dust on their feet and attitudes. they just pick up things that just flat wasn't right. Anybody in here ever, ever had an audit against anybody? Maybe some of you got one here this morning. And you just have a hard time forgiving people. You know what you didn't need? You don't need the Holy Ghost too much if you're born again. You don't need to be saved. You need to be loosed from that attitude. 
Some of you allow people to control you. You allow them to control you. It makes you so mad. If anybody come up and took your car keys and took your wallet and took your iPhone and took your sunglasses and this and that and the other, said you go over and sit down and you do this and that and the other and you will allow people to control you indirectly. They'll say things about you on Facebook and it, oh my, tears you all to pieces. They'll say things about you and this and that and the other and they are indirectly controlling you. God don't want you to let people control you. The Holy Ghost wants to control you. And then you have an attitude. You know how Facebook is? The men, the women, the boys, the kids, everybody can have a pulpit on Facebook. So get on there and they go to tell them about church troubles and family troubles. Sometimes I think our people's lost their minds. By some of the laundry, they hang out. Come on, in, church. Lord have mercy. What a way to close out a meeting. My goodness. So what do we need? We need to be loose from the attitudes of two Facebook. Loose from the attitude. That person don't like me. They may not, but don't let them control you. They may hate you. That may be so, but don't let them make hate in your heart. Oh, my brother Donnie, I struggle with it. Sure, we all do. We are humans. But God has made a place for you. You don't need to go to the altar. You need to go to that labor. Lord, wash my attitude. Wash my feet. Wash my hands, Lord. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Y'all praying with me now? Pray fast and we'll get done fast and you can go eat. But I'm done see by the look on some of y'all's face. You ain't enjoying this meal. Hope that them beans and taters will be better. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, which is homosexuality, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revivals, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. The Corinthian church is filled with these kind of people. Corinth was a port city, Gentiles, Greeks. All types of people mixed together. Filthy. But God told Paul, I have much people in this city. <laughs> they were his people before they ever got converted. I have much people in this city. So Paul reminded them, some of you were feminine. Some of you lay with men. Some of you men were with men. And you women with women. And you were this and that and the other. He said, but you ain't no more because you have been washed. Amen. What was this wash? It was the new birth. They had been loosed. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. But after that, the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration. Regeneration is new birth or a recreation. A new life consecrated to God. A radical change of mind. Amen. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, 
and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. You come to the new birth bathhouse. You walked in a sinner. You walk out a new creation. You don't get a half a mile down the street till you meet somebody and it's that person that owes you $50. They avoid you. They act like they don't even owe it to you. No, no, they're coming up. They're coming up. Oh, Lord, what do they want? They want to borrow 20 more. Now, children, you're not going to sit here and make me believe that this stuff, this carnal stuff around us don't bother us as human beings. You expect people out here to lie to you. But you know what? You really get this when Christians do. You expect people out here to, to beat you and, and to try to do all these things. But when Christians do it, you think, Lord, I'm mercy. And when people do me that way, I need a trip. I need a trip to the labor. So I don't let them control me. Just about every place I've ever been around the world when I preach, Satan will always have somebody there in that service that don't like you or don't like what you're preaching. And they'll project this attitude. You know, some of them wrinkle their nose, some of them bat their eyes, some of them will pooch their mouth. And, you know, generally I try to find them pretty, pretty straight away. You know, just find them. So that way you can ignore them. Because if you don't, if you don't, You'll find yourself fighting against that individual or group, and you won't feed the sheep. Lord, have mercy. What in the world am I doing this morning? So what do we do? While we are standing there preaching to you, we are being washed ourselves. We're actually being washed. Oh, my, hallelujah. It's not just you being washed and loose. Don't you understand where Brother Ben stood there in Phoenix? And that priest sat there, and Brother Ham said, I thought, that man is disagreeing with every word I'm saying. And that priest in a couple of days come up and handed him the Bible. And yet in Brother Ham's mind, Satan was hitting him and telling that man, don't agree with you. Oh, he's fighting everything you say. It's a fight. It ain't just a fight for you. It's a fight for the man of God. It's a fight to find the word of the Lord. It's a fight to put it together. It's a fight to pray it. It's a fight to come out. And then when you come here, sometimes people hear, sometimes they ain't. It's a fight to get through it all. But it's worth the fight. Amen. I said it's worth the fight. Every step of the journey, we need to be washed. Oh, praise God. First John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, if He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. And yet this is written to believers. we need to be washed at under the labor. Wash my attitude, Lord. Wash my opinion, Lord. I don't know about you, I reevaluate my life constantly, especially the older I've gotten. You know, you just reevaluate your priorities and you look at things and you want God, when you hear a sermon of correction or whatever more, Lord, look at me. 
Lord, look at me. Is there anything there you see that displeases you? Is there anything there, Father, that bothers you? Have I, have, have I compromised on this or that or the other? My walk with God, is there anything there? Why? We want to make sure that we're pleasing Him in everything. And what does it do? Our unbelief, it, it hinders us from fellowshipping with God. It does not make us sinners. It breaks our fellowship. A person that comes to the house of God with an attitude against their brother or sister, their hands, not their soul, is so dirty. And Jesus would have nothing to do with it. Not their soul. The birth has actually transpired in their soul, but their feet is dirty and their hands are dirty. Because they've got this hard feeling against so-and-so, and they just can't overcome it. And actually, it hinders you worse than it hinders them. Well, I go to church if so-and-so wasn't there. I just can't stand it. Every time I see them, it just runs all over me. Brother Ron calls him brother. Oh, sometimes I wonder about him. Oh, they call them sister, and they get up there and sing, and boy, they've got this and that, and boy, they've got an attitude. Really? And what have you got, a fried onion? It sounds like to me you need your attitude washed. Well, friends, I've enjoyed y'all's friendship, and I've always enjoyed coming up and preaching for you. I'm not sure I'll ever be invited again, but... Notice this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. Some of the first tapes I ever heard of Brother Branham years ago, one of the first ones was preached in Spindale, North Carolina, 1956. And on one of those tapes, Brother Branham said, Lord, I pray you'd forgive us our sins. I thought, He's praying for forgiveness of sins. What kind of preacher is this? It took me a long time to come to the truth of that because my self-righteous hypocrisy. Because you see, I was a working preacher. I fasted every week of my life. I didn't think God would use me if I didn't. Three days, five days, seven days, ten days, fourteen days. Putting up tents, driving tent stakes. Warner hadn't died. I was so legal. Work, 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 work. I was a good mule in Pentecost. But I got born again, and I ain't no mule. So to hear Brother Branham say he had sins, oh, Brother Ron, I had to listen to it and listen to it. It took me a long time to be able to understand, but once I saw what he was saying, it was exactly what the Scripture said. It's not sinners that have sins, it's Christians. Sinners are sinners by nature, but sins, Christians will fall short of the glory of God, and they're the ones that repent of those shortcomings. And the blood of the Lamb is there to wash us and cleanse us every day of our lives. Here you are, born again, 
converted for 30 years. You learn hate. This attitude hanging on you, this, that, and the other. You come in church and you sit down and you say, I just felt God. No, how? Seem like I can't receive from the Word. Praise Brother Ross, something going on with you. I've been feeling kind of funny about it anyway. You know how we are? We blame others. We look around for why we're no closer to God. Many times if we'd look around and say, is my attitude, my desire, my heart, is it like Jesus? Or is it like a venomous wasp? Sweet Jesus. I heard him tell y'all I was going to eat lunch with you, but I'm not sure now it's safe for me to. I think I'll go through the drive-thru. <laughs> he didn't have no idea what I was going to preach this morning. Notice this. Jesus says in St. John 13, 8, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And the word part is miros, the Greek word. And it means participation. To share with someone intimate fellowship. Close fellowship. So the dirty hands, not the unconverted soul, not a person that's not truly born again, but dirty hands and dirty feet keeps us from the intimate thing that God wants us to have. I wonder how Satan must smell that. And go before the throne of God and say, hey, Look at you, boy. Look at you, girl. Oh, she screamed and hollered and shouted last night about all that snake stuff. That idiot got up there and jumped around and preached and got them all worked up. And look at her. She's sitting right there this morning. She's got this attitude against so-and-so and spoke to her. And she don't know how and has no plans on changing it. And that's one of your problems. With that boy of yours. He got hurt for so-and-so. He won't let that thing die. He talks about it. He relives it. He quotes it and requotes it and unquotes it and zips it and unzips it. He will not let it die. Look at him. His hands, his feet, is all muddled up. Lord, surely. What do you say? We, we all just for precaution. You make a trip to the drugstore. Just in case, Brother Ron, there'd, there'd be something. Because more than anything in this world, I want intimate fellowship with my Lord Jesus, don't you? You know how it is when something comes between brothers. Sometimes there are little things that come between you or sisters, and, and you'll see one another and you'll speak, but you can tell it. Just, it, ain't, it ain't right. You understand what I'm saying. You see him and, how you doing? Well, how are you? Go on. Now, you're saying the same words, but something between your spirit ain't right. You know, you think, I'm the type of person that kills me. Oh, my goodness, ever since a little boy. I can remember as a little boy, second grade, standing on the, on the playground at school, wishing I had a friend. Never had no friend's heart at all going through school. Finally come up to high school and there's some mean old boys. I don't know why in the world they wanted to be my friends. Mean old boys. Ruffin' cobs. Mean. They bring pornography magazines to school. 
and throw it up in front of my face, and I put my hands over my eyes, and they get me down on the, on the playground, and they tear my eyes open, they take the fingernails like this, and have big claw marks on my eyes, and they hold them pictures in front of me. They call me Moses. I said I'd rather be Moses than Pharaoh. Pharaoh. <laughs> I always wanted friends, so when I get one, I lose one. I can't hardly stand it. I've lost thousands. What do I do? Do I keep the friend? Or do I stand with the friend? You think God ain't got a sense of humor, and then God took a man with that kind of makeup and made me a preacher. Knowing you're going to make enemies all over the world. <laughs> so what do you do? You let God wash you and loose you from yourself, your own makeup. Or do you hang to those things that are not you? Well, Mama was this way. Daddy was this way. I understand. I know how my mama was and I know how my daddy was. But I needed to be set free from many of those things. Notice this in Ephesians chapter 5. Y'all praying with me now, ain't you? All right. You hear that cornbread calling? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. As the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything that they agree with them on. Oh, wait a minute. The Bible will say that, does it? Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify it. Oh, God. And cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, there's two words that are used to identify the Word of God. Logos and Rhema. This one is Rhema. Now, even though it may look like the same English word, it is the same English word, but it's not the same Greek word at all. Logos, Satan has access to. He quotes it all the time. Rhema is the word that is quickened for you for the time when you need it. Notice we are not just washed by Logos, but Rhema. Words. Rhema, something that God will give a man of God or something that God will give you in the time of need. It is a personal word directly aimed toward you in your time of need. This is the cleansing agent that God uses for us so many times is his rhema words. Amen. Reckon that what what could be happening here this morning? didn't agree. <laughs> You're still trying to figure it out. You realize that the Jewish bride, before she was taken to be the wife, the day of her wedding, she had the bridal bath. They would take and bathe her, perfume her, make her to be presentable to her husband. I wonder. You look around. Brother Ron travels the world. So Brother Jill, some of these other brothers go around the world. How many altar calls do we make anymore for sinners and hundreds rushing up to get saved? How many hundreds are getting the Holy Ghost that you can't mean, Brother Jill? What's so much of the preaching about us getting ready? Don't you understand why? Listen to what God's saying through the preachers. It'll tell you where we are in season and in time. This is what's on God's heart. Why? We're so close to leaving this world. We've got to be washed, clean, and on standby. 
no filth in our lives, no filth in our minds, no filth anywhere at all. Constant being washed day by day by day. Not just when you come to church on Sunday and Wednesday, but you have such a walk with God. The Holy Spirit is so real in your heart. You don't have to wait till you come back to church again under conviction. But if you say one thing wrong, or do one thing wrong, or have one attitude wrong, the Holy Ghost convicts you right there in Walmart. He convicts you right there in the grocery store. And you repent right there standing in line at Walmart and you get your hands washed right there before you pay for your groceries. Oh my. That he might wash you. The washing of the blood. Let me tell you something, friends. You can only imagine how bad I stink when I get done preaching. All this stuff that's coming off from me. There's a brother out in Arizona grabbed me a few years ago and said, Let me rub some of that Holy Ghost sweat on my face. I said, That ain't Holy Ghost sweat, buddy. My sweat ain't got no more Holy Ghost in it than yours does. So you can imagine when I get down my socks and my clothes and everything else and my poor wife having to try to deal with sweat stains on my vest and on my shirt and on my tie. I've ruined a many of my tie. So what do I need? I need to be washed. I need to get it and separate it from me. Hallelujah. Oh, my, aren't you glad that we're sitting here today? You think what you want to think to me? I think it's a perfect way to end the meeting. I think it's a perfect way. Why? No doubt some of you are going to face things this week. And you'll think, Lord Jesus, thank you for that service. That's what I needed exactly to watch me and to help me to have the right attitude, Lord. Oh, my, let me close. That you might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing. The word washing is lutron, which is the bath. The act of bathing. Let me all take a bath or a shower regularly. Thank God. Those around you are going to know if you don't. Well, I've got church like this. It's awful. It is awful. How come you didn't take one when you was a child and forgive it? But you wash over and over and over and over and over. One of my uncles, when he was a little boy, and my grandmother told him, said, Milton, get in there and take a bath. He said, Mama, I just washed my ears yesterday. That's what a lot of church folks are. Well, I went to church last week. I, I washed my ears yesterday. But have you been hearing anything that you shouldn't hear? You need to ask them again today. Have you been involved in anything that's unlike the Lord Jesus? Guess what? Well, I got washed last Sunday, but you need another bath today. And the Lord gave Brother Ron a little reprieve and sent me with the Bonami and the Ajax. <laughs> Mama, I feel like I've been using a wire brush right here this morning. Some of y'all must have had some bad stuff on y'all's ears. <laughs> oh, my friends, let me encourage you. 
don't let the devil destroy you because you make mistakes and you fall short of the glory of God. It's only him trying to get at you. Well, you repent and you repent and you've made so many mistakes. Say, yeah, that's exactly right, devil. And I'm washing myself off. I'm taking a bath in the water of the Word. I am not giving up. I am not quitting. I'm going on. My Lord Jesus provided the soap and the water and the preacher and the towel and everything I need to wash. I'm gonna take a bath. That's the cloth. Here I come with the wire brush. Praise. Let's be serious for a minute. Look at your heart. Look at your spirit. Look at your attitude. You need to be loose. Oh, my. If every one of us today in this building, preachers included, we would refuse to yield our instruments as instruments of unrighteousness. Can you imagine all gospel could stop in this church? All lying, all trouble. You just have to refuse. I refuse to cause any more trouble today. I ain't going to do it. I'm going to be washed from that. I'm going to be loose from my selfish attitude. Come on, friends. What causes a lot of church trouble? Selfishness among people. They want this and they want that. They want the church to be operated the way they think and this and that and the other. We need to be loose from our selfishness. Selfishness is an attribute of Satan. It is not an attribute of God. Think of that real quick. You're always selfish and wanting your way. Everything's got to be your way or no way. You need to be loose with it. And washed from that attitude. And it truly will be a miracle when you do. Remember the paradox in Chicago in 1963? Brother Graham was talking about a young man who had promised a certain thing to a young girl. And he wouldn't keep the vow. Neither would he go back and apologize. Remember talking about that? You know who that young man was? Brother Branham's nephew. You listen to that story and listen to it close as Brother Branham describes this young man's family. He was talking about his own family. Uh-huh. I got some of y'all's attention there. You're mining on cornbread and green beans no more. Why in the Branhams were frauds? Like in the Reagans, Spencers, and whoever you are. When you listen to that quote again and realize that Brother Branham was talking about his own nephew, he said, I would advise no girl to marry that boy until he becomes converted. He said the father's boy, the boy's father stood up and said, My son has received Christ. That father was Brother Branham's brother. That girl, her son, comes to my church after that. I would advise no girl to marry him. He will make it hell on earth for her. Wow. He's following the message. His uncle was Elijah. <laughs> Can you say that? But your uncle being Elijah ain't enough. 
Brother Branham said, this boy and only one more is saved. He's just talking about himself. Only one more is saved. But look what running that stream in that family. Lord, children, I, if I do my family tree, I ain't afraid I'm going to find monkeys. There ain't no telling what I'm going to find up in that tree. <laughs> it ain't the monkeys I'm worried about. You are standing here today a miracle. Look how we are interbred with everything in the world. It's a wonder some of you ain't murderers. It's a wonder you're not the vilest, most wretched people in the world. Look at your family. Look at what's around you, but what's different about you? You're born again. You're born again. And what does that do? That sets the soul in motion that even though the flesh, the interbred part on the outside, rebels against it, it still wants to bring it into repentance. Amen. What do you do? Your soul needed a body. Come to the house of God today. So you said, get up, body. We're going to church. I need some ears to listen. I need some hands to clap. I need some feet to stomp and dance around a little bit. Body, we're going to the house of God. Your body may not have wanted to come. It may have said, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I don't feel like it. I said, shut up. We're going to church. And when we get there, we're not going to sleep on the preacher. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. What did it do? You washed your body from an attitude by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As a little boy, I was always so finicky about my hands being clean. I hated dirty hands. To be honest, I don't miss that Judas trick. Now that I'm there, I don't mind getting out there and doing stuff, but when I'm done, I want to get clean. And it's the same way living in this world, Brother Keith. We have to rub shoulders with it. Lord, children, bless your hearts. You have to listen to some of the filthiest talk and get around some of the filthiest people in the world. You know what I'm talking about, of feeling like you need to be cleansed, and you don't want it yourself, but it can make you feel dirty. Every now and then, when my family can just about hold me over a, a crock pot full of boiling grease and talk me into going to Disney World, I go. But I sure don't want to. After about an hour or two, there, I need to go back to the motel and take a bath and... You know what I'm talking about? Why? Wow, we're in this world, but we're not of it. They don't understand. They wallow in it so much. It's everyday stuff to them, but we feel so dirty and so filthy. But thank God. Thank God we got Christ. In Christ Jesus, we can come and just bathe and bathe and bathe. What's that attitude? What's that attitude? What's that attitude? Oh, and then you get all clean and you get all dressed up and you clean clothes. Don't do much good to get all cleaned up. Put them old filthy rags back on. Then you want to sit down and grab your big old glass of Southern ice or lemonade or coffee or whatever you like. Kick back in your recliner, brothers. My, you just feel different. Just feel different. I'm expecting to see some of y'all kick back down here over the hill. Your big iced tea in your hands and oh, I feel so good after church. Man, I feel so clean. I feel so wonderful. <laughs> God bless you, saints. Let's bow our heads and pray.
I wonder this morning as we look at our hearts and we try to change our lives before the Lord. How many of you would like to be remembered before the Lord? You, you, you've seen things in your heart today that you'd really like to be washed. Just, just raise your hand. Come on. Lord Jesus, what a strange way to close out a series of services. Yet, Lord, we know that your ways are always perfect. So, Father, I pray that you would help each of us as we go from here today, that we will know that whatever we face, whatever difficulties are laid before us, we have a place where we can take them up. We are so thankful. Christ's revealed word back to us. We are so thankful that we have been born again and our natures are changed. But Holy Spirit, I pray for the life, for the lukewarm, by which we can wash our hands, our deeds, and wash our feet, our actions, our daily walk, our daily walk before you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you, Lord being patient with us in our humanity. Thank you for becoming one of us. That you could better relate to us. No doubt you fought attitudes. You fought all kinds of things when you were here. What good would it do just for you to fault lust and maybe adultery and some of those things? And you never fought attitudes and sarcasm and whatever more. I believe you were subjected to all of those things. So you'd be able to help us. Many of these people don't fight adultery every day, Lord. They don't fight drinking every day and smoking and all that. But I doubt there's very few of them that don't fight attitudes or what people say about this and people this and that and the other. Most of our burdens, when we really think about it, it's dealing with other people. Help us, Lord. No doubt you felt the same thing. They criticized you from the day you was born to the day you died. They hated you. They run you down. They, they talked about you, fabricated so many things, yet you stayed clean. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us to be more like you. Help us to pray for them, Lord, who turn against us. Lord, I know, Lord Jesus, many of those that have left this word, and I know this church has went through tremendous things. May you help them, Lord. May you keep them. It's easy to see for many of those who've left, that serpent was still in their heart because they are spitting out their venom. But Lord Jesus, we don't want to be like that. We want to be like you, loving, forgiving, kind, merciful, long-suffering, gentle. Help us, I pray, for this morning. Help every servant of God, every minister standing here today, Lord. Help each of us Christians that we can have this place and be used in it. Now I say, as your prophet said so many, many years ago, forgive us of our sins. May we forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
worship him. Don't you love him with those hands, Lord? Don't you appreciate the grace of God? Oh, my, how we appreciate the bathhouse of the new birth, but how we appreciate the wash pan at our house to be able to wash our feet, wash our hands. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. I'm singing glory, hallelujah, where Jesus set me free. Oh, I'm so glad. Let's sing it now. Yes, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. I'm singing glory, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. God bless you, thanks. your mom sent you back wash washing it washing it washing it you missed this box because I'm the, I must be the only one 
Brother TJ, Brother Thomas are chimney sweeps, and I was a chimney sweeper for a long time. Seemed like a very long time. And you know when you're a chimney sweep, you get a lot of soot on you. And soot has some way of finding places in the deep cavities of your ears and under your eyes. It's just, it just sometimes gets on you. And I'd come out thinking I was all clean and confident. And then get to go back. Sometimes you just need to go back. And there's things that come up in your life and you just need to go back. Hallelujah. That's why you need a service. The next service that's coming up, you need to be there again. You need to go there again. How do you guys go to church so much? Passion. 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 Well, I know you had weddings here, but I've, I've never had a wedding where the wife had just come out with big feet. They're clean. Neither will the bride of Christ be coming out with big feet. She'll be ready. She'll be washed. She'll be ready. Amen. I'd like to thank you again for coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish you didn't have to go home. I really do. But you're, some of you got that faraway look in your eye already. And the reason I ask you, do you believe in the rapture? I'm about ready to dismiss you and turn you loose to a dinner table. People know how to find a table, so we love you from all of our hearts today. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We announce that we're still here. Still be having Labor Day services, and we're looking forward to them as well. But I pray that we take a rapture. I pray we take a rapture. And I don't know if you needed that this morning, but I sure needed that. I sure needed that. I, I, I just have to say I, I appreciate all of you coming to hear Brother Donnie preach to me. kind of feel the same way. You kind of feel the same way. Yeah. You appreciate it. Why don't you just turn to your name and say, thank you for coming. Watch me get a bath. Really, that's right. It's really no parking down there right now, is it? No, so, so we thank God for the buggy.
those of you that don't like honey, you can just thank the Lord that God allowed us to buy a buggy to hunt on so now you can go and hunt some for chicken. Whether you're first or the last, I believe there's going to be enough for the place to be full. So, amen. This is the time that we probably will say be real Christians now if we would, please. Let's thank the Lord for the service and let us ask Him for a blessing. Lord Jesus, I just so enjoy your service. I so enjoy it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness and how good you are to us. You know exactly what we need in the right moments and the right places. Your word is always perfect in its season. I pray that, Father, that you would bless the people that have both this communion thing a long ways to go. I ask you that you would just come and bless them. May you be with them as they would go back home to their places and to their homes. May you have your way. Lord, Brother Donnie has given fortunes of his life. I pray that you would restore his strength, minister to him, bless him in so many ways, as well as Sister Carol. Lord, a great portion of his ministry and his life. Lord, I, I just ask you that you bless these people. One day we'll spend eternity together. And Lord, I, I just thank you, Father. May it be like a reservoir that we can grab a hold of and hold on to these things that you have taught to us today. Lord, and we ask you that you would bless the sisters that have, and the brothers that have worked to provide. Lord, I ask you to bless the food, Father. May you bless it that it would give us energies to serve. Lord, watch over us. Be with us in our fellowship and love one to another. Guard our thoughts and our words. Lord, and we thank you. Lord, may you never 